here we are now. And today, I would like to speak about life as an ugly vampire. (laughs) This is a personal account, but let me lay out my theory. Let me lay out the big idea. And the idea is that in culture, we have these things like vampires, which are mythological or fantastical sort of characters. And they appear in many forms, in many stories. They come up again and again. But my theory is, what I wager is, that actually vampires are real. Actually, everything that is mythological is real. And I don't mean real as in a real sense. I mean real as in a sense that it's condensed from parts of real life. I'd also like to look at the metaphorical side of vampires and mythological creatures. And the best way I can think to explain this is that if you think about this logically from an evolutionary point of view, you have within you many things that were previously lived as a life, almost like a whole life, like a whole thing. Take, for example, swimming. Now, you don't spend your whole life swimming, right? You're not always in the water. But you can swim to some degree. You can go in water to some degree. And at some point, in the far distant past, there was an ancestor of yours that did spend their whole life in water. They were a fish. And by the same token, you are actually full of all these things that are parts of you which only come out every now and then, which are only these little things like personality traits or responses to certain situations or certain triggers or certain patterns in behavior or however you want to put it. They're just these little things that you do or you feel or your experience or that you are momentarily as you are always shifting and changing. And yet these things were in the past whole lives. You are a warrior at certain points. You are a fighter at certain points. You're aggressive. You're angry. You let your emotions overtake you at certain points. You're a queen or a king at certain points. You're a joker. You're a comedian. You're a fool. At certain points. And you are an animal at certain points, not just a fish, but you're all sorts of animals. You're an animal that can fly, you're an animal that can run, you're an apex animal, you're a strong animal, you're a sneaky animal, you're a clever animal, you're an impulsive animal, you're a brutal animal. 
And all of these things, all of these complex components of the human condition that we are living are really past lives. They're things that we have been. Now, you could say that, well, when we look at how ancestry works, it's not necessarily the case that we're exact descendants from one another. But if we go back far enough, then really, well, we're actually looking at a lot of shared common ancestors, right? The further back we go, the more shared common ancestors there are. And in fact, you only need to go back about four to 5,000 years for us to all have a common ancestor. So when we're talking about evolutionary periods of time, which is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years and millions of years, it's not really that much long ago. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing that works with this in the other direction, right? It's not just that we have condensed lives in the past that are coming up as little things within us today, but it's also that we have these little things within each of us today which can then be sort of drawn into this condensed thing. And that's what the vampire is. That's where the vampire and mythological creatures come into it. If we take a few kind of little components of what each person has, and we see there's some similarities there, and then we say, well, what if we made a person that had only those traits all of the time? then we would get a mythological creature like the vampire. Now, <laughs> what is the vampire? What does the vampire do? Well, the vampire sucks your blood, right? Look at, the, look at that in a metaphorical sense. Someone who sucks the insides of you out. And what happens when a, a, when a vampire has sucked your blood? Well, you turn into a vampire, so, of course, the metaphorical implication there is that a vampire is someone who sucks all of what you are out from the inside and then fills you in with what they are. They create another version of themselves in that way. It's quite gory when it's put in that way. And there is something sinister and dark and sort of evil about a vampire, right? They're sort of dark characters normally. Now, the other side of being a vampire is that, well, you get these superpowers because you no longer die. Vampires, in most stories, are immortal and they have all sorts of superpowers depending on the narrative. You know, sometimes they fly, sometimes they have certain strengths, sometimes they have certain abilities of vision, right? But basically, they have some sort of power. They have something very sort of strong to them. There's, there's, a real, there's a real kick from it. You're no longer a petty little vulnerable human. You're a vampire. But along with that comes a curse. Along with that comes a pain, a kind of inability to be satisfied and other sorts of complications as well, depending on the narrative. Now, some narratives have certain restrictions to them and certain expressions to them and certain laws to them, like there might be a law of nature that says a certain 
thing can't happen to a vampire or a vampire can't do certain things. And that's the bind of being a vampire. It's this incredible power and yet also this personal curse, which is an ongoing pain. And the story of the vampire is that fight between those two things. It's the clash. It's the inner turmoil of having that condition on them. And, of course, doesn't this all sound so familiar? Doesn't this all sound so much like the human condition? Now, it might be news to you that humans have superpowers. That might not be something that's very real to you. It might not be something that you've experienced too much of. It might be that you have. It might be that you can see these things. I think, largely speaking, generally speaking, the curse of humanity is easier to see and more apparent than the beauty and the power of humanity or the human condition or what it means to be alive as a human. So that's why the vampire story resonates. And (laughs) how does this tie in with my personal account? Well, (laughs) well, I have vampire in my ancestry and you can see because of the teeth, right? I had these two big, sharp teeth. Now, of course, I wonder how much of my personality and my power and my curse is sort of related to that. Quite quite seriously, quite literally. Because I can sense it, right? And of course, I'm not a pure vampire. I've been sort of bred down. If, if, there's, like, if there's like this genetic thing where you have you know, redheads skip a generation or, you know, if you're interracially bred, then you've got lighter skin or darker skin or something like that. Maybe there's a bit of that sort of thing going on with me. I don't think there would be any, well, I mean, I can't say if there are really any true vampires left. I mean, uh, like who can say, right? How can you really say that something doesn't exist? You can't prove that something doesn't exist. You can only really prove that something does exist. And I can't prove the existence of a pure vampire. But it would, it would suggest to me that there is a pure vampire out there. Or at least there has been because of my condition, because of this situation that I find myself in. Now, where does the ugly side come into it? Well... <laughs> The funny thing is that in my entire life, my my entire life, on only two occasions has someone commented on these sharp teeth of mine, these vampire front teeth that I've got. One occasion was with uh, <laughs> my three-year-old niece. <laughs> and she sort of was this you know, innocent little child. And she pointed at me and said, why do you have vampire teeth? And I said, because I'm partly a vampire. And it really scared her. <laughs> and the thing is that, well, she got a little bit older and well, now she's at the stage where she says, well, vampires aren't real. And you really scared me when you said that. So... Maybe she'll come around. Maybe she'll realize when she's in her 
later years. It might take decades for her to realise that vampires are actually real and that it doesn't mean exactly what she thinks it means. But the other occasion was when I was talking to someone and they also had one tooth that stuck out and they said, oh, you've got teeth sticking out. I've also got a tooth sticking out, see? But I've got one and you've got two. You know, it was like this sort of playful, funny thing, right? And, And it's so funny that a prominent physical trait can be right there in front of your face and always being projected out as like this first impression, cold hard appearances thing and yet no one would say anything about it. And when I think about this, I'm reminded of this very funny, (laughs) this very funny comedy routine by the one and only Chris Rock. Very famous comedian, hugely famous comedian, one of the most famous comedians and actors of our times. And he has this funny routine where he says, if you're good looking, everyone will tell you. Everyone's going to tell you all of the time. But if you're not good looking, you've sort of got to figure that out for yourself. (laughs) You've sort of got to go through life trying to work it out in certain ways, right? And and it is it is sort of weird to to comment on someone's physical appearance or a physical trait. It's not like we can really choose it, right? There's not too much we can do about it. And I see the connection here between the vampire as someone who's got these traits within them both physically and psychologically or supernaturally or spiritually, and someone who's ugly or someone who's got an ugly face. And it's just that there's this, there's this barrier, there's this sort of like, how do you know what you are? How do you really know what you are? Because no one's really going to tell you. No one's really going to tell you. Like, no, no one's really told me that I'm ugly. But I've, I've definitely got a strong sense of it, right? Like, people, people can tell you things not just by, like, saying it to you, right? Very rarely is that the case. Very rarely are you in a situation where someone can actually tell you what you are. And in fact, that's that's a very powerful thing. That's a very that's a very sort of hyper intense kind of relationship. Like if you've got someone like that in your life, they're going to be telling you things because of course they tell you things that are quite difficult to hear. Like, damn, you sucked the life out of me. Like, damn, you really sucked everything that was inside me out and filled me with this coldness. Like, I really am sick of being filled with your mess, with your poison. You might think, whoa, I'm a real vampire. I need to stop doing that. Or you might become defensive and think, oh, well, that's your problem. That's your interpretation. 
That's your projection. And I wouldn't really know (laughs) how to find that sort of situation often enough. I mean, I wish I could find that situation more and I wish I was strong enough myself to actually fess up to that, right? Because it it goes even deeper than just, oh, you're a vampire or you're ugly. It goes to all of the traits that we have within us and it really delves deep into the connection that we have between each other, which is largely emotional. It's largely energetic. How did you make me feel? And it's tied directly to our identity. It's tied directly to how we see ourselves, this picture of ourselves. And if I'm walking around with this idea, oh, I'm an ugly vampire, and I'm encountering people in such a way or having relationships in such a way as to have sort of feedback coming into what it is that I am, well, then that image, that idea of, oh, I'm an ugly vampire is going to have these sorts of hits against it. It's going to have things that are either for it, it's going to be reinforced, or it's going to be denied. It's going to be sort of giving me something that is against that sort of picture. And I'm going to be sort of like, oh, okay, well, how do I adjust my image? And when you really go into that, when you're really going deep into that and you have a lot of people around you that are able to tell you what you are from their point of view, you reach this point, you reach this thing where you think, damn, I really don't know what I am. I really have no idea. Like, really, I have no idea what sort of effect I'm having. I have no idea what sort of... Even even as something as what you would consider to be, like, empirical or surface value, like how you look, even that is impossible to know like like am i ugly am i am i good looking damn what a what a resolution it would be to know that right who wouldn't want to know that you could see how how easily it's it is to slip into that to just be like oh oh yeah tell me tell me right and then you see someone who is is beautiful or good looking and you think oh whoa amazing they must have it all they must get that feeling that i'm so addicted to or you see someone who is ugly and you think oh repulsion ah uh. you just have that like like within within you it's just that ugh. but you realize that Both of those, the beauty and the ugly, is within you. It's all within you. It's both of what you are. It's both of how you are. And the best way to really 
navigate that difference and to see those sides and to sort of transcend them in the sense that you can step back and say, well, okay, I, I am beautiful, I am ugly, in the same way that I am a vampire, I am an animal, I am a warrior, I am a king or a queen, I am a joker, I am many things. When you step back and you see that, you find yourself in this very different space. You find yourself in this kind of field which holds these things within them. And sometimes I do just look in the mirror and think, damn, you're an ugly vampire. (laughs) What are you going to do about it? What can you do about it? (laughs) So those are some thoughts. And those are some of my personal experiences being a ugly vampire. So thanks very much for tuning in. Please leave me a comment on what your experiences with past lives is and relationships. So thanks very much for tuning in and we'll be back soon with more.